continuing in our series of sermons from 1 Peter. Our text today comes from 1 Peter chapter 5. And in connection with our text, we're going to read from Ephesians chapter 6. So let's open our Bibles to Ephesians 6. In that chapter, we'll begin reading at verse 10 and read through verse 24. Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 24. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints, and for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. But that you, all, but that you also may know my affairs and how I do, Tychicus, a beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, shall make known to you all things whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose, that ye might know our affairs and that he might comfort your hearts. Peace be to the brethren and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Amen. Now let's turn to 1 Peter 5 to read the words of our text there, 1 Peter 5, verses 8 and 9. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. The biggest, beloved, the biggest and the most severe and the most serious and even the most tiring battle that the child of God is engaged in in this life is the battle with the devil, the battle with Satan. 
Satan is the greatest threat to your spiritual life. And you have to deal with him every day of your life on this earth. He is referred to in our text as an affliction. Verse 9, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. That affliction that is referred to there is Satan. He is our greatest affliction. Greater than any other affliction, greater than any other trouble and trial that God may send upon us in our earthly life, whether physical or spiritual. We are battling in this life, as Ephesians 6 verse 12 points out, not against flesh and blood, but we are engaged as believers in a spiritual battle against spiritual wickedness in high places. We are engaged in a battle against a spiritual enemy. We are engaged in a battle against a spiritual enemy whom we cannot see in this battle. Satan is our greatest enemy and, our, and the greatest threat to our spiritual life and well-being. Because of that, we need this concluding admonition, because that's what this is toward the end of chapter 5 and of the book. We need this concluding admonition about Satan. The concluding admonition that comes to us as pilgrims and strangers on this earth. And we need this admonition, first of all, because we so easily and so often do the very opposite of what the text admonishes us to do, that instead of resisting Satan, we give in to the devil. But we also need this Word of God because this Word of God teaches us how to confront Satan and how to cope with the devil in our lives. Satan is a frightening enemy and he gets at every one of us, especially does he get at us and have access to us through our sinful nature, the old man of sin that we still have and that remains with us until we die. The devil has access to us through that old man of sin. The Word of God here and throughout Scripture teaches us this too. We don't have to be afraid of the devil. Not we who by God's grace believe in Jesus Christ. That's the key. Faith in Christ. And as the text says, being steadfast in that faith. That's our defense against our greatest enemy, as we will see later on. Consider this text then under the theme admonished to resist the devil. 
We'll notice three things. The powerful adversary, the calling to resist him, and the only possibility, the possibility of doing so. Satan is our adversary. That's what we learn first of all about him in our text. An adversary is someone who is opposed to us. Someone who is against us. Someone who is attacking us. That's the devil. And he is, as the text points out, our adversary, your adversary. And the point of that word, that pronoun, is to show us that very specifically Satan is the enemy of the people of God, the opponent of believers. He's not the enemy of the ungodly. The ungodly are already on his side. He already has them under his control. They are his friends. He doesn't need to spend any time or any energy opposing the ungodly because they already agree with him. They're already with him. He is your enemy. He is my enemy. He is the enemy of the children of God. He opposes those who have been redeemed by the Lord Jesus Christ. He opposes those in whom the Holy Spirit dwells. He opposes those who confess faith in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He opposes those who are faithful members of the church and of the body of Christ. Significant is the name that he is given. He is called devil, the devil in our text. And literally that word is this, slanderer. He's a liar. He's a deceiver. That's Satan. He lies about us who are the people of God. He lies about us, he slanders us to the ungodly. And to the ungodly he gives this message concerning the church, this message concerning the people of God. He says to the ungodly, those people who call themselves Christians are narrow-minded people. They are the troublemakers in this world. All that they do is judge and condemn. They are self-seeking. They don't love or care about anyone. And the unbelievers, the ungodly, the wicked in this world are ready to hear him and to believe him. And to increase in their hatred of and opposition to the people of God. He's a liar. But he also lies to every one of us personally. He lies to us about sin. He lies to us about the pleasures of sin. And then he lies to us about our own sins as well. He gleefully 
holds our sins before us and then says to us as he makes us aware of those sins, he says to us, you're no different from anyone else in this world. You're no better than the ungodly that live around you who are destined to spend eternity in hell because you sin, you sin just as much. So what makes you think you're going to heaven when you die? You're fooling yourself. And so the devil, through his lies, attacks our faith. His lies and his slander can cause us sometimes to doubt and sometimes to wonder. And to say to ourselves, yes, he's right. I do sin. I sin a lot. I sin every day. I sin against God. I sin against the God who loves me and the God who has always and is always merciful and good to me. Often I'm no different from the ungodly. Maybe the devil's right. I'm not a child of God. I'm not going to heaven. uses lies. And then notice in the text this too concerning the devil as we learn about him that the text in speaking concerning what the devil does to us that is to us who are believers compares the devil to a roaring lion. That's what the devil is really like, a lion. The devil sneaks into your life and the devil sneaks into my life and sneaks into our lives pretending that he is simply a lamb, quiet, soft, not dangerous at all. But once he has snuck into your life like a lamb, the reality is he is a lion. And a lion who is roaring, and a roaring lion is, as you know, a hungry lion. A fearsome roar that he has, with, which expresses his determination to kill and to devour his prey. And so he stalks his prey. He lies in wait to pounce on the unwary he looks out for those who are not, not looking out for him. He looks out for those who are weak. And he pounces on them, takes control of them, kills and devours them. Especially the weak. That's the devil. Satan is on the prowl. He's hungry for the souls of God's beloved sheep. He's not interested in simply hurting us physically, although he will use persecution to hurt 
the people of God physically, but his interest is in hurting the people of God spiritually. His goal is to damage your faith. His goal is to ruin your hope. His goal is to take away your comfort. His goal is to destroy your soul. And just like the lion who waits to prey on the animal that is weak, so the devil comes against you and me when we are easier to overcome. Comes against us when we are spiritually weak. He's looking out for that. And that's when he's ready to pounce. When our defenses are down. He lies in wait, for example, for the child of God who has wandered away from the ways of God. From the child of God who is unfaithful. Who is not very often sitting under the preaching of the gospel for the strengthening of his or her faith, who is living and walking in that sin or living and walking in some other sin. He's looking out for the child of God who goes where the believer ought not to be. Where there are parties and where there are wicked, evil movies to watch. Where there is drunkenness and drugs. He's looking out for the believer who is flirting, you could say, with the world, with worldliness, with the things of this life, and therefore vulnerable, and is open up to the temptations that the devil may put before him or her. He attacks the believer who is preoccupied with earthly things, distracted from spiritual things because that believer is consumed by earthly things, consumed by his work, consumed by entertainment, consumed by pleasures of this life. Not reading the Word of God, not spending time in prayer, either not doing those things at all, in his or her life or doing them only very, very infrequently because the Bible is not that important in their life at this particular time and the devil is noticing that. The child of God who has forgotten about his chief enemy and is not on guard against him. And he attacks the child of God too, whose faith is weak because of the afflictions and troubles of life, who has many burdens in life and who is perhaps undergoing a time of great suffering in life, who is overwhelmed, doubtful, and afraid. Just like the lion, the devil is watching. And just like that lion, the devil is hungry. And he's looking for believers who are low, who are weak, and who are down. And he attacks when we are not walking in faith. And he attacks when we are not walking near to God. 
And Satan's main tool as he comes against the people of God is temptation. A very successful tool because of our sinful nature. The old man of sin which is ready to listen to him and does listen to him. A nature that is attracted to the devil's temptations. A nature that is attracted to the offers of sin that the devil puts before us. A nature that is attracted to the pleasures of sin and to the earthly successes and riches that he puts before us. A nature that is convinced by the devil very easily that it's okay and really it's obligatory to at least try something before you condemn something. Try out sins. And so a nature that says just try it, just a little. And a nature that is deceived into ignoring the warnings of Scripture, the warnings of our parents, the warnings of the elders in the church, the warnings of the preaching of the Word of God, and a nature that believes the devil's lies, the lie that sin is fun, the lie that sin is pure pleasure, the lie that it's okay at least to try out some sin, a lie, the lie that this won't hurt because you won't get caught, and many other lies as well. And we know better when we hear those lies of of the devil. We know better when our old nature says that to us and is attracted to the temptations of the devil and begins leading us in that direction. We know better. We know it's wrong. But we're tempted to give in to the devil. His goal and his hope is to destroy the people of God. His goal and his hope is to destroy the cause of Jesus Christ. The devil wants to ruin you. He wants to ruin your soul. He wants to ruin your faith. He wants to destroy your hope. He wants to eliminate comfort from your heart and from your soul. And if he, if he is able, as he hopes, to get just one believer to depart from the narrow way that leads to life eternal and to embrace the broad way that leads to eternal destruction, he will consider that a success. That's our enemy, our great adversary. The calling of the text is two things. First of all, this, be sober and vigilant. And then secondly, resist. First of all, be sober and vigilant. That is, be sober, spiritually sober, so that you are able to be vigilant, 
Someone who is not sober, someone who is drunk, is not able to be vigilant, not able to be alert, not able to be alert to the dangers that are before him or her. You see that in a drunkard. A drunkard cannot tell the difference even between what's real and what's not real. A drunkard cannot tell the difference between what's right and what's wrong, what's good and what's bad. And so on a spiritual level, that's the case as well. If someone is spiritually drunk, drunk with the pleasures of this life, drunk with the pursuit of sin, drunk with the lusts of the flesh and the lusts of the eyes and the pride of life, drunk with the lies of the devil and believing the lies of the devil, focused on all kinds of earthly things and not spiritually focused, then he doesn't even see the devil. Doesn't even recognize temptation. And doesn't even acknowledge that something is sin. And does not notice what the devil is up to in his or her life. We need to be sober. And we need to ask the question. What is Satan perhaps leading me into? What is he leading me to think and to say and to do? What path or direction that is wrong is the devil perhaps leading me in lately? How have I given in to him? Allowing him to have, ex to have access to me and to my life through my sinful nature. We must be sober and alert. And then follows the calling and admonition, resist the devil. Verse 9, resist him. It simply means this, beloved, when the devil opposes you, you oppose him. When the devil comes against you, you stand up against him. You withstand Satan. You take the, the offensive in this spiritual battle. You fight against Satan. Resist him by not being deceived by his lies and his slander. Turn your eyes and your ears and your mind away from the temptations that the devil puts before you. Reject the pleasures of sin that the devil offers. In the words of Ephesians 4.27, give no place to the devil. Don't let him have any room, not even a little bit of room, in your life as a child of God. We must resist, we must fight, we must stand firm, we must not give in to Satan. And one of the first and main applications of this word of God 
beloved, comes from the text itself. He is the devil. He is a slanderer. He is a liar. And if we are occupied in any of those activities, we are giving in to the devil. That's the most direct and the most obvious application of this word. Resist the devil when you are tempted to be a slanderer, to be a liar. Resist the devil when you are tempted to speak evil as the devil does. Resist the devil when you're tempted to speak evil of others as the devil does. Don't say it. Resist. But resist the devil in every area of your life. Resist the devil when he tempts you through your eyes regarding what you're going to watch on television, what website you're going to go to on the internet, what you're going to entertain yourself with on YouTube or other ways. What did we sing in Psalm 101 verse 3? The confession of the believing child of God And that's a confession that expresses his purpose to resist the devil is, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. Resist the devil when you're tempted to sin with your body. Young people, the devil tempts you that way tempts you strongly to engage in the pleasures of sin with alcohol, with drugs, and with illicit sex. And you must remind yourself that resisting the devil means that you must say to yourself, my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who dwells within me. How can I do this thing? Or, and that's exactly what Joseph said when faced with that, those kinds of sins. How can I do this thing and sin against God? He resisted the devil. And resist the devil when he attempts to weaken your faith and to destroy your faith and to attack your Soul and to take away from you your trust and confidence in Christ. He does that. He does that by telling lies. And we must resist him when he tells lies in the way that the Lord Jesus Christ resisted the devil when he was tempted by the devil. Three times he was tempted. Read of that in Matthew chapter 4. And every time the Lord Jesus Christ said the same thing in response to the devil. And that was these three words, it is written. And what Christ was saying to the devil was, let me tell you what the word of God says. Let me tell you what God says about this. That's what we must say to the devil when we are tempted. And we don't need to say it really for the devil's sake. He knows that, but he's ignoring it. But we need to say that because we need to remind ourselves of what is written. We need to remind ourselves of what 
the word of God says. And so when you are tempted by Satan or by the ungodly or even by others to say the Bible is wrong, don't believe everything in the word of God. It's just as much the word of man. There are things that are not true in scripture. Then you have to say to the devil and to that temptation, it is written, this is the word of God. And every word of God is pure. And every word of God is true in scripture. But when you are tempted by the devil or you hear from the devil the lie that you are not forgiven by God, God could never forgive you the many sins that you have committed, then you say, it is written. And this is what is written in the word of God. God does not behold iniquity in Jacob or perverseness in Israel. We are white as snow in his sight, in Christ. Our sins are cast behind God's back and into the depths of the sea. And when he attempts to destroy or weaken your faith through affliction and say to you, you're afflicted, look how much affliction you have, God doesn't love you, then you say, it is written. It is written, nothing shall separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Resist, oppose, and resist and oppose by using the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, Ephesians 6, 17. And James 4, verse 7, gives us this promise. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That's what he did to Christ when Christ resisted him in his three temptations. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Resist him by speaking the word of God to him and to yourself, and he will flee because he doesn't want to hear the word of God. Show yourself by the grace of God to be strong and firm in your faith and the devil will give up and leave you alone. Not if you're weak. Not if you're spiritually weak. Then you're his target. But when you stand firmly in the word and firmly in your faith, and the devil will flee from you. The devil is strong. The devil is a powerful adversary. The devil's strength is the strength of a lion. The devil is crafty. The devil is sly. The devil has thousands of years of experience in tempting God's people to sin and getting them to sin. The devil is the one who has the strength of a lion without predators. The devil has access to us through the ungodly world 
and through our own sinful flesh. So what can we do to withstand him and to resist him? The text says, this is the way that we resist the devil. We resist him steadfast in the faith. We resist the devil by standing firmly in the faith that we have in Jesus Christ. You are no match for the devil on your own. None of us is. He is powerful. He has the ungodly at his disposal and he has our flesh on his side and on our own we would be overcome by him. But the text says we stand by faith. We stand by faith in Christ. We stand by and with a faith that unites us to the Lord Jesus Christ. A faith that makes us able to do what is humanly impossible. A faith that gives us the strength of Christ himself in us. So that when we are resisting the devil, it is Christ in us resisting the devil. Christ fighting for us and in us. Christ who has and did soundly and definitely defeat the devil at his cross in fulfillment of Genesis 3.15. The head of the serpent was crushed by Christ. The head of our enemy was crushed by Christ. And now... He is weak. Christ is in control of him. And the word of God says, by faith in Christ, not relying on yourself, but relying on him who has had the victory over Satan already, you're able to overcome, to resist, and to stand. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Faith is the victory that overcomes temptation. Faith is the victory that overcomes every sin. Faith is the victory that overcomes Satan himself. Faith because faith unites us to Christ. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's why, beloved, it's crucially important for us to nourish our faith. To nourish and to feed our faith by means of the Word of God that we read daily. To nourish our faith by means of prayer to God daily. To nourish our faith by spiritual activities and to nourish our faith by worship and to nourish our faith especially by hearing the preaching of the Word of God. As I said earlier, those who are spiritually lazy are the, the main objects of the devil. They become easy prey to Satan. They're easily tempted and they easily fall. Be sure to nourish your faith. And nourish your faith all your life long. 
to nourish your faith, especially every Lord's Day, so that you can stand steadfast in faith against Satan, your enemy. And in conclusion, the text also gives us this word of encouragement, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. The point there is that not one of us is alone in this spiritual battle. Our brethren everywhere in the world are engaged in the same, in the same battle against the same enemy. And our brethren here together in this congregation are engaged in the same battle against the same enemy. We have fellow believers who face the same things. They're also roared at by the devil. They face the same temptations and the same struggles in life. And the word of God says, because you have that in common, you're able to stand together. You're able to help each other. You're able to understand the spiritual battle that your fellow believers have because you have the same battle yourself. You're able, when one of your fellow believers falls and, and or comes under the influence and power of the devil, you're able to go to their side and to lift them up and to, re, to restore them again because you know what that battle is like. And you're able to pray for each other too. We are in good company with each other. We can help each other because we are in the company of fellow believers who are engaged in the same spiritual battle, not only, but who have received the same gift of faith in Jesus Christ. And when we fall, God, remember, is gracious. God forgives. His grace in Christ is abundant grace. Not even your sins will separate you from his love for you in Jesus Christ. Seek that forgiveness of God and strength to get up again and to continue on in the spiritual battle, the fight of faith against Satan. Knowing this too, that soon the battle will be over. And soon we'll be delivered, not only from the pilgrim life of sorrow and trouble, but forever delivered from our enemy, the devil. That day is coming. We look forward to it. Come, Jesus, come quickly. Amen. Our Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for giving to us the Scriptures, but also giving us faith that unites us to Christ, Thy Son, our Saviour, so that we can go through life in the strength of Him strength he gives to face our spiritual enemies and to fight 
to be victorious, knowing that we are more than conquerors through Christ who loves us. In his name, amen.